Hey, everybody going out there, you guys ready? Bye. <laughs> wow, that was that was yeah, that was so horrible. underwhelming for eleven people. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Podcast, the show where we explore them. I like the, the the just goofy laugh from Robbie at the end. <laughs> Hello and welcome to yeah. You get going. Recording live from the Threshold Society Clubhouse in North Hollywood, California, in front of our perverted studio audience. And there's a lot of them. Hello, perverts. Hi. I'm Kathy. I'm Abyss. I'm Count Boogie, and our guest host of today is Lady Solaris. Everybody. Hero. That just cra- I, did, <laughs> did you, you guys say hero? Hero. Was that just me that just totally cracked up? Yeah, we you were just, studio yeah, you had a just moment. Like, did the Frank it like Kathy? Remember early in the oh, show, no. Kathy used to do her, her Frank and Kathy. Thing, Frank and Kathy. Where I she just that. came in like a like ten seconds. My late name is Kathy. <laughs> She'd be like, ah, he just did it. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked me the fuck Frank up. and Robbie. Ruined my own goddamn intro. Hey, well, here we are. Show 43. You guys excited about show 43? Yeah. We, ha- we have a lot of people here crammed in here. I'm, I'm like shoved in the corner corner. <laughs> like You're just backed away. <laughs> a little germ foe. But we do have our, our lovely guest, uh, Lady Solaris. Solaris and I have been doing uh, the, the BDSM comedy videos. Uh, that I do for years and years. We have sang together on uh, on a number of albums. Uh, really good friends. Uh, she has a, a lot of wonderful things to talk about today. So she's just joining because we did say on Perverted Podcast the rule is is if you're gonna come on the show, you better be willing <laughs> to, to come on uh, the show <laughs> again. Oh my <laughs> Jesus Christ! If you're going to be on the show, then you're going to participate in the show. We don't want to just talk about your crappy books. So Solaris is going to be here the whole show talking about the stuff that we're talking about. And uh, what are we starting with? Are we starting in Potato Mayhem here? That's Mm. where we're supposed to start. Oh, look what's written on the word. Are you going to push the Potato Mayhem jingle? I don't know which one. Potato Mayhem. That's it. There you go. Boy, we're off to just a great start. (laughs) 43 episodes, and we are just fucking pro. Two and a half years later. Two and a half years later. Coming up on a year. So, SeaWorld. SeaWorld. Abyss finally finally got her SeaWorld. Her finally got her vacation. Everyone clap for Abyss. What do you mean she finally got it? Well, you want to explain this? Okay, so I date winners. (gasps) Oh! I can't believe you just said yeah. that. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, well. Wow. Um, and most of the time they're like either can't get time off or broke or jobless or non-committal or whatever. They're just they're lovely people. Kathy actually has her hands <laughs> covering her mouth. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. No, 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 not him. So, <laughs> no, no, he's actually one of the good ones. <laughs> but, um, so we would always plan these, uh, like, trips and stuff, and they'd always promise, like, oh, we'll go to Disney World. We'll do this. We'll go this. We'll do that. And I'll date these motherfuckers for, like, I don't know, anywhere between two and five years and uh, never go. 
like and then the moment we break up because i've had enough of their shit uh like the next girl like three months later they're they've gone on the trip we planned and i'm like we're not doing this is this why you are always dragging this poor schmuck everywhere because he's paying for all these past douchebags, right? It has nothing right? to do with the vacation. <laughs> it has to do with the integrity that this one, if I'm going to put up with this homeless living a bush motherfucker. <laughs> we are fucking going to SeaWorld. <laughs> going to do our SeaWorld. She's like, before we break up, you are taking me somewhere. <laughs> Basically, that's actually so what I after, said. After a very, very brief two and a half year relationship. Uh, a two like, and a half year kink poly relationship so she uh so we went to sea world we finally had our vacation it was a uh, it was very lovely glorious and uh we he didn't die that did was, he think he was gonna die I yeah did. he really actually did i absolutely he thought totally i was, gonna, thought gonna, was die. gonna die uh but no he did not die we molested much sea life uh they let you touch like everything there yeah. They let you touch everything. Except, Trainers. No, that was actually that was, people. That was, I was just <laughs> groping people. <laughs> that, I mean, I got a lot of dirty looks, but I was like, this is awesome. I get to touch all the things. No, you really weren't supposed to. And I kept telling you no. <laughs> I jerked off a dolphin. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was a chick dolphin, so I didn't feel uh, awkward about it. Just the image of Boogie walking through. I'm all, hey, baby, touching you, everything. You like it right there? Yeah. Uh, that's it. Oh, get it. Get the fuck in there. Did he defile dolphins? He actually, but he, no, he did have actually like a bonding experience with the dolphin. He, they like, it came over, he he pet the dolphin, he had like full eye contact with the dolphin for like two minutes. They were like eyeballing each Just other. Just like pictures yeah. of it. Like I had a stare down with this. It wasn't really all that loving and like, you know, uh, circle looked- of life shit. That thing was just like looking at me, and it like turned its head, and it just floated right in front of that glass and stared me down. Because you know I look like a beluga whale, <laughs> so it thought I was like a threat. Like you gonna come and eat my motherfucking fish? And it just had that like stinky eye, just staring at me, just like kind. You know how it just hovers up and down. It and, like, did, and there was like, and he was float. squatting down, and it was. She's funny. got like eighteen pictures in a row. <laughs> there was also bondage bird. Yeah, bondage bird, bondage hawk. Yeah, Bondage, Bondage Hawk. Hawk, which we now oh, turned yeah, into a, did a picture of that. Which we turned yes. into a meme. They they scare away like they, they Seagulls. They, yeah, so they bring the Falcon Falconry, Falconer Falconer people. Which is a great word, Falconers. <laughs> it's actually a very cool It's a noble, cool thing. So yeah. so yeah, it's the people that handle birds of prey. And so they scare away the the seagulls and crappy pelicans and shit that come and steal the food from the you know, show but animals. Of the deserving dolphins. Yes, the exactly. deserving dolphins, you know. <laughs> and the bat rays and, you know, all the other So they cool send, critters. like, this, they send a hawk around. It just flies around and pisses everybody off. They all leave and then it comes back. But when you saw the bird. He had, like, the, because they don't have them out if he, if they'll get startled or whatever because they're sight animals. They're sight hunters. So they'll, they'll wear a little hood. It's a leather fucking hood. It's a hood. leather hood. It's a little <laughs> leather fucking bondage hood. And then it has ankle bracelets. And I'm all, oh, get a picture of that. That's bondage hawk. <laughs> I am. That is a meme. Yeah, right he was there. super excited. Oh. But we finally went to SeaWorld, had a lovely time. And, and uh, uh, yeah. got to rub dolphins. <laughs> right in that. Because that's the sound they make when you hit them just right. <laughs> I don't know. The motherfucker jumped up my face like three times. I was not okay with that. That was fun. So. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Wait. Oh. Oh, hang, oh. On, hang on, wait, well, hang on, hang no. on. Abyss, did you think I would forget your birthday? I was hoping. Lois! <laughs> Look, it's Lois, everybody! It's Lois. 
Lois calls me on the computer phone, which is like the bat phone, but it's a special computer phone that only lives in the computer. Never mind. Go with me on this. Going. And Lois is like, oh, my God, was Abyss's birthday last week? And I'm like, yeah, you missed it. We were going to have you on, and we just didn't. So, Seeing as you are my sweet vagina candy, instead of a present, I will give you the gift of a song. Lois wrote a song for you? I don't want to hear this. For your birthday? Lois, let's just rock that jam. Oh, it's kind of rocking. Is it a rap? No, I think it's here. Happy birthday, little slut. I want to stick my tongue in your butt. I want to fuck you, 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 fuck you. In your butt. I want your juicy birthday love hole filled with burning candles. I would blow them out with my pussy farts. So happy, happy birthday in your butt. My little horny slut. There are no words. There are no. Thank you, Lois. Thank you so much. So you gonna do? You gonna you gonna hook up with Lois or what? She can go fuck herself and die. You write a bitch a song. She should want to fuck you. What's Uh. up, Abyss? Why is your pussy so cold to me? It's Lois. A hypersexual computer-generated co-host. Bitch is never gonna leave you alone. You know. She's always gonna come after you. People were <laughs> creepy's dying over there. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy, do you love Lois? <laughs> you guys can laugh during these things. You know, no, he was, he's like crying. Covered. He's everyone's, fucking crying. Everyone's covering their mouth. He's like, literally I crying. God damn it! I hate that. We're gonna bitch. make a video of that song no. too. What? It's gonna be like an alien porn video of that song. No. Oh it doesn't God. mention your name in it. It, it says a it's, I put up pro dom pictures. I'm very happy for you. Uh, You're going to have like Lois like co-top with you? Pretty much. Lois is going to be my, my pro dom co-top. Let's <laughs> move on, please. What? So pro doming. Yes, pro doming. No, I wanted to say, it, it, we'll go on to Fat Life stuff right after this, but um, I just wanted to say, you know, because I've lost some weight, so I feel a little more comfortable, I want to go back to pro doming because obviously I got fat and that doesn't fulfill the fantasy. I mean, if you're in the lifestyle... Then women don't care about your body size. They care about your intensity and your intention and blah, blah, blah. But when you're pro-doming and you're appealing to kind of the people that aren't in the lifestyle and they have kind of a fantasy, those women kind of have a certain look. And so I just felt insecure. And so I just took down my ads and I stopped pro-doming. And, uh, and so now I've lost some weight. You have lost took weight. Some, took some new pictures. And, and, uh, and now I, you know. Get it. Gonna do it. Throw some bitches around. Throw some bitches around. <laughs> Give them that fantasy. Kick them in the cunt. Give them that fantasy. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited. That was my Very little. Very cool. That was I'm my happy moment. for you. I'm actually really happy that you're comfortable enough to put them back up. Because whether you are bigger or smaller, you I always think you're a great top. So. And besides, Aww. coming from the pro dom arena, I can tell you 100% that it really does not matter necessarily what you look like. It's how you come off. 
I did pro doming when I first started in BDSM like 10 years ago. And that's how I learned everything. And I was very, very large at that time and was very self-conscious because all the other girls were teeny, teeny, tiny. And they had all this perfect, you know, accoutrement with the corsets and the latex pants. And I was just in regular street clothes that kind of looked like club wear from the goth club. And it was really about the presence of the individual more than anything in terms of the domination. And it's the same thing that it goes for women. It really is that presence that you want of a dominant. doesn't necessarily the outside I do packages. Think, but I got a, I got a couple kind of bullshit. Like men, do you think men are a little different? No, I mean that no. That because men, if you if you dude, actually men are worse. If they are having to pay for it, bitches better better you know, she better be waxed, she better be bent. See, I've know. seen mm-hmm. all the pro doms that I've known, most of the pro doms I've known have been like really big, but it's kinda like that Amazonian authority figure I mean, that a lot of the male males that want to It also depends like. what they are looking for. If they're looking for like, say, a mommy figure or they're looking for something that's more right. in the, you know, the curvy situation, or if they want a woman they know can throw them up like one of the people I know he doesn't like playing with the smaller dominance because he likes being able to have the woman literally throw him into walls and you need to have a bigger girl to be able to do it the physicality part of it but I'm just excited you are now more comfortable to the point where you're able to put yourself I'm back out there. I'm going to go and whore myself. You go whore yeah, yourself. Whore, whore it my, out. Whore you're always a whore. Now you're going to get paid whore for Whore my it. whip. Fit life is the place. Talk about genital torture and subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about fit life, motherfucker. For your peace of mind, please know that every author has of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. You always nice. kind of scare me when you do that because you start with <laughs> "Fire your peace of mind." <laughs> Fire your peace of mind. <laughs> it's super exciting. I'm going to stick this needle in your urethra. <laughs> ew. Oh, ow! Motherfucker, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna start with a post. We actually only have one today. We only have one because Solaris is gonna talk we want about to some leave stuff time after. For lovely Solaris. So this one is entitled "My New Favorite Poly Word Dispersion" by Sandwich. I, I'm not going to read much. <laughs> by what? Is the name Sandwich. Sandwich. That's his name. Yeah. I'm not going to read it because basically what he did is he went on some other uh, forums and uh, posted how how would I, how, how would I describe this? And so a couple of linguists actually came up with this form. So I went online and I found a couple of quotes about what dispersion is. And basically, it's obviously made a word in the in the poly dictionary. Did you say dispersion? Dispersion. Okay. Why? No, I was just wanted, I, oh. for clarification purposes. Are you getting old? Having trouble hearing? Is that what it is? No. Okay. Do it. All right. <laughs> the variant to compersion is dispersion. It's the joy you feel when your partner finds another partner and you have the house to yourself for the weekend. <laughs> it's the thrill that accompanies the outsourcing of your partner's emotional, social, and other needs to multiple people so that you're not the only one shouldering the burden. Dispersion. Yeah. You, why are you looking at me? I don't know. I always you look just at you when look we do at me. Poly Anytime stuff. we do poly stuff, you're all. Let's watch that motherfucker squirm. Actually, the reason I chose this is because I feel guilty because this is one of the guilty pleasures of poly is that I don't have to take on the responsibility of another person and I'm the sole sexual partner for. I can say, okay, well, I'm done. See you later. Go to your girlfriend. <laughs> no, I got mine. I'm done. I'm good until next week. I'll see you later. <laughs> and then you sleep diagonally on the bed. Yes, And exactly. take over all the space. Yeah, don't get into my bed. 
I will. I won't. Okay. Well, you can. I was like, thanks. Well, okay. Yeah. So as opposed hey. to convert compersion, the term compersion, where you actually pretend to be happy that it's, your lover has another lover. Wow. Is that is that? Is, did you just say pretend to be happy? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. no, I don't no. Think oh, I'm sorry. Right. I, mean, I pretend, <laughs> but um, ouch. But the actual uh, term is uh, compersion is that. You want to turn down? Do you want me to turn, turn down? down? No, 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 no. I'm good. Okay. It, it's actually not an opposite. It's a variant. It's just oh, okay. a, a funny play on because everyone's uh, you know Polly. Obviously, it's not easy. It's for, there's a joke that for every year you spend in a Polly relationship, it's like seven years, like a dog's life, <laughs> <laughs> like a dog's. <laughs> Well, we have been together like twenty no. years. No. Well, and then it's you tiny. and then you add like no more you, yeah, for you. No, I th- well, and then you add like DS or anything else on top of it. It adds like more years. But um, I actually, even though it's kind of a joke, um, I actually took it as like, I really like the idea that I know. And trust me, I, I, can, I can be a fucking jealous bitch. I, I don't like shit a lot of times. I like my, my this is my area. This is this. Rah, rah, rah. But, um, and I was reflecting on this driving over, like. Boogie and I talk about how it's been two and a half years, blah, blah, blah. But it kind of dawned on me the other day, like, it's been almost a year and a half for Mark and I being in a relationship. Hmm. Like, it just dawned on me, like, hey, because we always think about our relationship with Boogie. And I was like, no, we've been in a relationship of some sorts of another for a year and almost a half. And to me, that was one of those, uh, oh, I feel like I should get her flowers or something. <laughs> but <laughs> I think if you let her eat your pussy, that'll just yeah, kind of, that. that's flowering. Flowers pussy. Same. Flowers pussy. But I Am I right, Mark? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. But I was thinking about it that um, I do like the fact that I have, that my lover has people in his life that care about him as much as I do. And that is comforting to me. Because that means that if I can't be there and he's going through something, I know someone who loves him will be. And I know that sounds kind of like... Comper- that's kind of like compersion, isn't it? Mm. No. No? Compersion is like sexual gratification. No? no? Or no. no. Um, we covered this like... Yeah, we should. I know. The sagely yeah. wise perverted podcast. No, but like what I was. Compersion is being happy that your partner has someone, but dispersion is it. It kind of is funny, but it's true. It's 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 that joy you feel that you don't have to. It's a little selfish. Yeah. It's that joy you feel that you don't have to take the burden yourself. That you can spread the workload. Well, and I was thinking about it. Like the last time Boogie had to go to the hospital, he had to go to the emergency room, and I couldn't be there. But I knew Mark was. Which meant I knew that Mark would keep me in the loop if something happened. I knew that he wasn't there by himself. I knew that someone who gave a shit was sitting next to him and it made me feel better. Even though I couldn't be there, I knew someone who loved him was. So, yeah. And that was great. And that's why I liked this post because even though it was kind of meant in a funny way, we're always talking about how hard Polly is and we don't really talk about the really great part. And that is the great part. You can rely on other people. It is hard. It's like being a single parent. You have to do the, all of it yourself. <laughs> in any relationship you have, whether it's a, a, a work relationship or being a parent, or it's nice to have other people helping you out. Why do you look so cagey, by the he way? He does. He looks a little scary, Why actually. do you look cagey? Solaris. Guest host <laughs> Solaris. What do you think about this? Right on the microphone. 
To me, I do. I think it's a benefit. I definitely do. I mean, I'm one of those people that needs my own personal space. I like my personal space. I don't like people coming into my personal space. It's really hard for me to have my husband in my personal space. <laughs> <laughs> Who so happens to be nodding. I never there agreeing, like, fervently <laughs> nodding. <laughs> I, I never even thought of that as a potential benefit. I mean, that's the thing is, my husband and I, we've been, we've been trying this poly thing for a long time, and for... It, on my end, it's been an extremely difficult experience because I am extremely jealous and a possessive dominant. And once things are my things, I like them to be my things and I don't like to give them away. But that kind of actually makes me think a little bit twice, like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe it would be a really good thing to institute. because, And I should take that time to honor myself, to be selfish, like you were saying, Kathy, and to to allow that to happen and to not feel guilty for being that way. Yeah, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that word selfish and I think it gets a bad rap and this is the good part of Polly why not accept it and take it I I'm gonna admit I'm totally selfish I'm glad that at the end of my time with a guy I I play with I get to leave and I I, I, I almost dread them hearing this because I don't want them to take this the wrong way but it's the weekend and I have it to myself and I'm thinking of them together and I'm I, I, I think to myself Phew, I don't have to deal with that I the weekend is my own I don't have to worry about someone else in my life and what are they going to do and are we going to decide what are we going to decide are they going to want to do that it's just my life is my own and it makes me very happy that way Mm -hmm. that's great that's a good topic all right let's uh go on to the next one no what what oh my what no we're just staring at you because you haven't really said much about this one why are you so cagey about this just you know first of all what is the word cagey like i'm a caged animal cagey and i look trapped and i'm like like ready to ready to gnaw your own leg off to get out of this conversation i would do that just because it's hot (laughs) (laughs) just nah no all of this compersion and i was talking before and made some eyes open wide until i had a chance to explain myself further um I guess as a daddy-ish type character, I, I'm not into sharing. I'm not into it at all. I do it because it goes against every grain of what I feel. You know, my instincts, my feelings, my everything is, and like Solar said, what's mine is mine, and once it's mine, it's mine, and the delusional thought, and it is delusional, and I admit that it's a delusional thought that all the women are going to sit and wait for me <laughs> And uh, notice Sorry. Abyss Sorry. is not in that category. Um, and and But it is. So no matter what, everyone also knows that I, I don't have a strong affinity for men in general or trust or anything. So um, when my lover wants to go off with another lover, it's it's tolerance. It's just I'm not poly. Yeah. I just yeah. I admit it. No, you're I'm not. just I'm not Polly. I want a harem. That's what I want. And I want everyone to love me and sit there and wait for me and if I only fuck them once every 6 months, then they're fucking cool with that. They're like, "Oh my god, that one time you fucked me every 6 months was so amazing. I'm just going to sit here and reflect on it and masturbate all the all over and over again like Miss Curious." Um is uh I masturbating. Love how you own that. Do you, uh, yeah, but that's I know that's not realistic. And it also but took you, you I and know that's not realistic. And it took you a long time to get to this point too. Well, I mean, it, there's defense mechanisms that I have in place and it does change my perspective of the relationship that I have. So that's just what I I deal with is how do I take this part of myself that is so much like I'm of course I'm happy um 
that my lovers are safe if they play with someone else. I am happy that the the person that they have a good choice and that they've picked somebody who is a quality individual. Those are that's like the checklist. Well, okay, if I have to tolerate this, at least I know you're safe and you're being rational and whatever. But I don't think there's ever going to be a time where I'm going to go. Yeah, I fucking do. I want to do an Eiffel Tower while I fucking, <laughs> while we rotisserie chicken this bitch, right? Wow. I'm never, I'm never. That's never. Well, you had yeah. said that with me, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If you, if you and I rotisserie Mark, which by the way. I can't say her name because I don't have her permission, but she coined the term rotisserie. That's when there's a dick in the f- uh, mouth and a dick in the pussy. And I thought it was amazing because she said, oh, I saw it in a porn and it looked like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> like the girl was the rotisserie chicken. And I said, that is awesome. I'd also be really impressed that she could spin without like tearing shit up with her mouth. I'm just saying. I, I think it was more a general term, <laughs> just that, that scene. Can but I just it, say, the, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, say whatever. I the, we haven't talked about the chat room at all. Of the eight people sitting in the audience, I think seven of them are in the chat room right now. <laughs> They're not even listening to us. They're just no. Talking. That's fine. They're all in the chat. Anything going on, Unger? Un- we don't have a microphone. Uh, fucking sue me, <laughs> Unger. Yell. They're still talking about pro dom and, and. Damn. Oh, they're, they're still, still on the pro dom. They're, they're all. T- Oh, pro dom and pro, pro difference master. between pro dom and pro master. There's a difference, and they're all di- and are they discussing how much I would actually be of value? No, they were <laughs> like twenty, thirty cents. What? They, they were discussing what kind of hat you should wear. <laughs> oh. What type of hat I should wear? You need a pimp nice. hat. A stovepipe. Well, tricorn. we're getting like historical. Like, are yeah. we going for like all right, a? All right, all right. I love that. Wow, this is what happens when they're left unattended. And look at this <laughs> motherfucker is still just like losing Creepy his is, shit. Creepy's just talking. <laughs> he is losing his shit. All the good stuff. Wow. You know, we have a wonderful host sitting here. <laughs> we that we 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 should let her talk. <laughs> No, I'm, f- I'm yeah, more than happy to get like the fuck out of this topic. I can't talk. Vaginas and paninuses, things we find interesting. This is the random topic we are going to talk about now. Oh, look, we're on to another topic. Isn't that great? <laughs> look, it's, it's a diversion. Random, it's a little random host topic. It's time for Solaris to talk about. Solaris. Solaris. You are amazing, and you brought a topic that you want to talk about, which I thought was amazing. I've wanted you on the show for a long time to talk about He's this, and it's you. not going to be, yes, I want you, giggity. <laughs> and uh, so lay it on us. What is your topic? Kink and disabilities, something that we don't talk about enough, I feel. I feel that just even sex and disabilities isn't even talked about enough. Uh, because one in five people in the United States suffer from some sort of disability, um, yeah. whether that be something that you can visually see or something that is hidden or chronic illness. Um, <clears throat> it's often overlooked in negotiations in terms of BDSM. And it's uh, often uh, sometimes the individuals that uh, have said disabilities, we, we feel stigmatized in the community, in the public in general. Um, and I just wanted to bring it here for all of us to kind of talk about it in order for, um, for us to talk about it in regards to how it affects our social and sexual lives. Because disabilities can significantly influence the relationships that you have. And in BDSM, your relationships are golden. I mean, that's, that's what BDSM is based off of, is the relationships. So I kind of brought it here so that we could kind of all discuss it so that people could know that that's something that we're trying to talk about in the community. Can you give an example of what you mean when you say invisible? 
disabilities. So invisible disabilities. If you were to look at me as an individual walking on the street. Look um, hot. That's what we look at. Look at them titties. Yeah, you wouldn't see. You wouldn't necessarily see. I'm not walking with a crutch. I don't have. I don't have a wheelchair. I have disabilities that are hidden. I have narcolepsy. I have something called gastroparesis, which is a disability that affects the movement of food through my stomach, so it's hard for me to eat. I have an elastin gene mutation that causes hypermobility, that causes hyperelasticity of my skin. Um, and a whole host of a whole bunch of other crap. But in looking at me, you don't necessarily see that as something. So that would be like a hidden disability. Somebody that has uh, diabetes, a lot of time their sure. disability is definitely hidden. Uh, thyroid disorders. I, could, I mean, the list goes on and on. Most disabilities, I would say, are probably more hidden than they are actually visible. I would agree. So yeah. would that also qualify as like... Uh, manic depression or post-traumatic stress disorder. Definitely. I mean, there, there are things that you're dealing with mentally, but they're still disabilities. I have OCD. I have anxiety. These are things, again, I have OCD. I mean, <laughs> a bit. <laughs> you just said it twice. That's I know. <laughs> I know. But when I sat down here to, to talk with the mics, that was something that came up, that particular disability, because I have to put my mouth close to a mic and I have germophobia and it's uh, OCD. I would right. be thinking about it the entire time my lips are touching this mic. If I wouldn't have had abyss mad aside, uh, yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. So yeah, definitely. I mean, mental, mental, um, mental disabilities, mental disorders, even sometimes learning disabilities can be affect can can affect the circumstances, situations of negotiations in BDSM. I mean, if somebody has a, an issue with being able to hear you auditorily, then and then be able to answer your questions in a correct manner, then you may the negotiations can sometimes get a little bit skewed. That's why I personally went through um, and put together a list of questions and stuff like that to ask individuals so you can write them down ahead of time before your negotiations. Because people, you know, they have different ways of communicating. They'll usually just brush over it. Exactly. Definitely. Like even I, I've played with some people that had some disabilities. And, and when you ask in, in that, they, they know what their disability is and they know what they need. But if you don't ask, hey... Um, obviously, you have a cane or, or this or that. What do you need? What do I need to look out for? You know, it's very empowering because I think a lot of times as somebody, if you're especially if you're the top and you're going to play with somebody who has a disability, um, then your concern is what what am I going to do that's different that will not fuck this person up, you know, or trigger or cause something. So I think that discussion is it's really left out people don't really say a lot in negotiations so they do you really have any disabilities or things i you know and i think it's because a lot of times people feel a stigma against it it's like oh you're not going to play with me because you can't tie me up and put my hands behind my back in the fashion that you want to right or um and i know as a dominant a lot of times the the submissive particularly if you're just like doing pickup play and stuff like that in dungeons the submissive doesn't necessarily quite give a shit that you have a disability right. they, they don't actually really ask you questions as the top and there are certain things that I cannot do because I have a disability sure. I'm not going to tie you up and then not tie you to the ceiling because if you fall down I can't pick you up sure. I mean it's just not going to happen or you can't stay on your feet for very yeah, long exactly. I mean Larry used to have to sit in his wheelchair to play yeah. and, he'd, and he'd say people would bitch at him you know oh I want I like to get a hard spanking this way or whatever and he's like what I've, I'm then go be a top somewhere else yeah, asshole go, yeah, go. <laughs> that was actually a question I had I wanted to ask you have people have you ever experienced negative blowback where people say well that's just too much for me to deal with I don't want to play with you um not really because it 
it wasn't until the latter, maybe like the last five years of my disability that I was actually able to kind of voice it to people and actually that I was okay with the fact that I was different and that I was going to have to do BDSM differently mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to be what you see and what you see in the dungeons is people that that are able-bodied. I mean, I remember when I was first learning when I was first learning uh, BDSM stuff and I'd go to different classes. I went to a class with somebody who's here in Los Angeles, is very famous, and um, I was taking a flogging class and I could not flog the way that he wanted me to flog. A, I'm a woman, so. My my frame is different. Uh, B, I have hypermobility in my joints. And C, I have like n- absolutely no arm muscle whatsoever. I would not be able to flog. And I remember asking him, are there other ways I can do this? And he said, nah, you know, I broke both my wrist and listened to these and he cracked his wrist and he's like, no, this is the way to do it. And it's like, no. Douche. Yeah, there's Douche. adaptations. <laughs> yeah. Douche. There's, yeah, no. If you can do it one way, you can do it 10 other ways. Exactly. And that's the thing is being able to be comfortable comfortable enough in your BDSM to adapt. You may see something and go, I love that. I want to do it, but you need to find a way to do it. There are ways to do it. There's always something in the chat room. Yeah, actually, uh, Uncle Creepy had a question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How would he approach someone who he thinks uh, has a disability but may not show or talk about it? Well, you just approach them the same way that you approach anybody else. I mean, you approach them as a person first because just because we have disabilities doesn't mean we are disabilities. I know that there are those people out there that are kind of, you know, the vi- sexually yeah, they- attracted to people that, you know, are in wheelchairs or have crutches or whatever have you. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but you just approach everybody as if they are a normal person. And then in the negotiation process, you really probe with the questions. If you, f- if you think that somebody might have some sort of disability or some sort of, even if it's an injury, or something like that you can kind of get that out of them through the negotiation process if you probe with questions that are kind in nature where you are not judging the under the other individuals disabilities or their um the the things that they're not able to do i know during my negotiations i'll ask people especially if i if i if you look at person if you assess somebody I'm lucky I have a nursing background, which means I can look at someone and if I notice your walk is off or I notice you sit differently or whatever, there's normally an injury or something there that's going to cause something where it has to be a modification. And a lot of times what I'll say, is there any modifications to the play I need to do? Is there anything that, uh, are there any injuries or anything I need to know about beforehand? Like I have a friend of mine who, and she's very honest about it. She has a problem with her leg and she loves slave positions and she loves being able to be in these positions but she physically can't do it for long periods of time she also like she says hey you know what avoid my left leg any kind of hitting or something will swell it up to giant sizes and then i won't be able to do anything so a lot of times it's being comfortable with your limitations and being able to find ways to work around them Well, and that's the thing, particularly as the bottom, is being able to own the fact that you have limitations, to not feel bad that you're not going to be like everybody else, because everybody has limitations. We all have limitations. Not everybody can put their elbows together behind their back and have their, you know, elbows tied together. That's just not a human possibility for most individuals. Um, It's being able to be comfortable in that. And, and, you know, I mean, in BDSM, you kind of do have to be a little bit vulnerable. And sometimes you have to tell other people, look, you know, this, I can't do this, or can we try to adapt it? And if that person 
person that you're playing with is just kind of wishy-washy or not really listening to you, then just don't play with them. Because that just comes down to the... I mean, because you see this a lot in the experience you had with, you know, fucking Uber Flogger. Um, <laughs> Uber Flogger obviously didn't have enough skills to adapt to anything. And what makes our open community and playing with other people so exciting is that we get to learn individuals as opposed to just come in and I'm going to do this one thing. If you're a rope person, if you're a rope person that's of any quality, well, you're interested in learning adaption to different body sizes, different things. This tie works on someone. This tie hurts the person. Well, then now you got to up your fucking game and learn another fucking tie. And you have to learn how to flog someone different. You learn how to spank someone different. And maybe if the slave position, they can't go on their knees, then maybe you just sit them in a chair and hold their hands out. There's always some way to adapt. And if the person is actually interested in you, then they're going to adapt. Both parties are going to adapt to whatever they have to do so that you can have an enjoyable time experiencing the person. But if they're a douche about it, then you know this is just some idiot that can't up their game. And it's not even just someone who has like a longstanding injury. I mean, anyone who has a disability has extra stuff to work with and they have to kind of fight against the current. But I've had it where I've had... excuse me I've actually had injuries where it's like we've had to modify our play because hey I can't do this because my back's tore up or I can't do this because you know uh, the shoulder I I wrenched at work or whatever everyone has to be able to modify their play and if they can't then seriously don't play with them they're boring yeah what about from the let's say a bottom's point of view um, who just hasn't learned to deal with this well yet and they maybe don't um aren't forthcoming about issues. Have you ever noticed that with friends or anybody that you know who ends up paying for it later because they, they, they didn't fess up to what it was that... Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of people where they just push themselves too far. They allow dominance to do things to them that they probably shouldn't because they want to feel like everybody else. I mean, I remember so, you know, yes, I'm a dominant, whatever. I have done everything myself. I have had people do everything to me that I do to everybody else. And one of the first things that I wanted to do was rope. And so I had rope done to me, which was fine. It's like, don't bind my hands. You can't really do that. I'm hypermobile. Um the second thing that I had done was a suspension where I was laying on my back kind of like a hammock, like in a mm-hmm. hammock type of situation. That hurt so bad, but I pushed myself through it and pushed myself through it because I wanted to experience what everybody else was experiencing and I paid for that. It it was not a fun experience. It is something I look back on where I should not have pushed myself beyond my limits as, in being the submissive portion of that role because... I could have really damaged myself. I mean, if you if you push yourself far beyond your limits, you can do actual physical damage. And I know that that for some some submissives, they don't really want to. You know, a lot of people with disabilities. I'm having this trouble myself. Is coming to the conclusion: Yes, I have a disability. I'm going to have to deal with this disability. Now I have to tell other people about this disability, and I have to adapt the disability. It's a lot to take in, but I highly recommend doing it because once you finally really know about your disability and are able to explain it to other people you will have more satisfying play more satisfying play than you have ever had in the past as long as you are able to accept your disability know your limitations stick to your limitations you will have more satisfying play than you ever have before and you'll probably connect with better people definitely they can do that wow that's awesome we can talk about this 
<laughs> we can talk about it for the rest of the show. This is a big topic. This is great. Yeah. I love this. How Thank did that even happen? What? Un what? Uh, Unger got banned from the chat room? <laughs> <laughs> how did Unger get... How did our chat room moderator get mo <laughs> banned from our own chat room? What it did you, you do? That's what happened to me last time. That's exactly what happened uh, to so me. So somebody oh. logged in or logged you out or something or yeah. Tiny oh Chat is God. I don't God, Unger, are you just being a dick to people over there? Apparently. Which uh, I feel Oh, too, too much, much penis, penis talk. Oh. <laughs> what? Switch to boobs. Everyone likes what? boobs. <laughs> I don't even understand. We can't talk about penises and boobs and and no no no. What? He's he's fucking with oh, you. Oh, oh. fucking <laughs> creepy's just having an aneurysm right there. Are you instigating all this shit? Yeah. Jesus Christ! There is so much to learn on this podcast. <laughs> Vernon mailbox. Ooh. I like that one. You like that one? Cool. I did. Uh, I like it a lot. Every now and again, I bust out a good one. <laughs> We're all, ooh, what was that? <laughs> That's my jingles, baby. So, Kathy, uh, what? we've actually had some activity hey. at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Some people are actually asking some questions. Although, because of the topics, I wish that they didn't have this to tell us. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is it. And we're not going to really mention their names just because no. we want to avoid starting drama. So, we had two listeners. Uh, both dealing with the general topic of douchebags online. Chodes. Right. One of them, and we're not going to use their names, as Boogie said, because of the nature of these uh, douchebags, they might douche exacerbate bags? the yeah. problem. Yeah, if they hear this, then they they may be slinking away, and all they have is to hear this and to come back at them. One of them is something that we all dread, which is somebody had a Facebook profile and a FetLife profile, and somebody found them on, on, Fet, on Facebook who is also on FetLife. Without actually looking like well, they had they haven't looked up. and when we talk i talked to this person who said that i think it was probably the fact that some of our pictures i had the same pictures on both and um. they may have seen it sometimes it's as it's as simple as the yeah someone is in the at the right place at the right time just to happen to see something that links up both accounts and this person actually hasn't caused any problems so the, uh, our listener who wrote us said nothing bad has come of it, but the potential is there. Suddenly I know someone who is crossing this line and is in my vanilla world and is in my kink world, and she is very nervous, doesn't know what to do, and has learned some valuable lessons. Well, yeah, she, <laughs> well, of course, I mean, if, but yeah, the this, damage is done. But if the person's not, so is the person outing them? Or? No, has not done anything yet. So n things have not gone bad, but this person is not a necessarily a friend. He is an unknown quantity. She doesn't know what's going to happen, and there is the potential so that he might cause problems. So now you just feel that in the exactly. background if there's some so, sort of bad thing said or something. I can tell you that personally this has happened to me, um, that there are individuals, because I, I there are so many people that I'm friends with on Facebook, that, and for me, Facebook is 100% vanilla. Like, there is no crossover for me personally. Um, and... Uh, there have been people that have found me on Facebook, but here, here is my recommendation to individuals that have a Facebook and a FetLife. Never use the same photos on both. And for me, I have really simple photos, like photos of flowers and flowers and flowers so that like my face is not plastered all over my Facebook. And there are very um, 
there are a lot of restrictions that you can put on your Facebook profile so that people can't see stuff about you. Or search you. Or search you. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, they Again, the way that Facebook, you know, Facebook works, now now it just sometimes just pops up all these people and I'm like, I know that person from FetLife. I know that person from FetLife. It's like, you yeah. may know this person. Yeah. And that's the thing is you have to, they're being in the community and having a fet life and having a facebook you do run the risk of somebody knowing who you are if you can't run that risk then you shouldn't be on social media so you mean on P- on your fet life don't put any pictures no even on facebook no, like or I, if you put pictures don't have them be the same mm-hmm. all my pictures on fet life are completely different than the ones that or I don't have, have identify i mean in yeah or identifying correct threshold I, we don't we tell people all the time we're all just if you're going to be on fet if you have anything to lose don't put your fucking face on FetLife and don't put your regular name. Yeah. You can put all the nice, happy Disneyland pictures you want on your Facebook. Just don't put anything on something that can cause that type of drama for you if you're not out. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. This person is not... This is a smart person. This is not someone who... You know, she, she knows this kind of shit that can happen. They weren't exact pictures. I, she's pretty certain that they were probably an identifying feature that linked the two. Right. And that person just started looking and seeing similarities. Shit like this happens even to those of us who are paranoid and trying to be careful. And when it happens, it is frightening. It is frightening when you think you have created the life you want and put everything in place and along comes one fucking douchebag and can ruin it all. Well, even if they don't actually do anything and fuck up anything, still it's still it feels head. it feels like a violation. It does. It absolutely does. And the second person, another one of our listeners who uh, wanted us to talk about this because she wants, uh, she wanted advice and she wanted other people to be able to benefit from whatever we would talk about. And it, and it wasn't that big a deal, but it was frightening. It was just some asshole who wrote her some messages saying, hey, at first was perfectly natural and normal saying, I would love to dom you, I looked at your profile, whatever, and then started getting increasingly douchey abusive uh, yeah. actually it went into total abusive the language like with all caps yelling at that her but her you rejected me and yes. now i'm gonna turn into a fucking yeah. temper tantrum child and so even though it's somebody on an email or a message and you're never gonna know who this person is and they don't know who you are in real life it is so frightening to have somebody come at you like that and one way or another no matter how careful you are we are all going to encounter that in life and the first time that it happens to you and i'll go ahead and say this especially if you a woman you want to retreat and you never want to come out again but well not you abyss <laughs> she's going not me but there's a lot of us who uh, it scares us so much because we've never been in this in contact with any crazies like this see i i have i and uh, being a female dominant i get a lot of messages and if i respond with one sentence there are times you know what actually this brings up I totally forgot about this until just now so the first guy that I played with um we were not really like a super great match and so I decided to I decided to cut it off and he did not like that and so it was through when caller me was still around right and um he kept creating new profiles and sending me like emails that he was like a brand new person that it was a brand new contact and I'm like I know it's you it's the same it's the same photos you're using the same photos <laughs> <laughs> you are and not slick this this went on for a good 6 months he knew where I lived because we had played in my home he knew what my phone number was thank god nothing ended up coming of it but it, it 
you're correct in the fact that it was it for me it wasn't necessarily terrifying or or scary it was enraging mm-hmm. that this individual had so little to do in their life that they had to make my life through the internet difficult mm-hmm. and i think it thank you for that because it you're right not everyone is going to be terrified some people like you and probably abyss are going to go after this motherfucker or at least become enraged. But I wanted to bring this up because I, I think it's important, anybody who's listening, because we do get a lot of responses from people who are new to the community new, or are yeah. living in areas where there's not a big community and they don't know that much, that when something like this happens, there are things you can do. Obviously, you're going to block them on FET. You're going to do everything you can to take away anything that distinguishes you or connects the two if you're on another social media site. And you're going to surround yourself with friends and people whom you can trust and not freak the fuck out because these these two uh listeners who emailed us uh, yeah they're both share that that same quality they are both afraid they're both terrified and eventually after a few days or after a week or two you calm down and realize your whole world isn't going to fall apart but um i have to say that if that has happened to me and i was somebody who was terrified absolutely terrified even though i knew n- n- no nothing bad is going to come of this but it's but shocking the though. first time it happened yeah. but you don't there are crazy people yes. out there that's sure. one of the reasons why you know and i'm just gonna say i have i've used a pseudonym since i started pro doming because i did not want people to know my real name and so only my true friends people that i get very close with are the ones that know my name and it's so sad so sad that we have to do that in this community but it, particularly like you were saying if you're in a smaller community if you do have the Facebook and the fat life and then you know maybe you do want to use a pseudonym and to be honest it's not even directly related to kink this can happen if you're just trying to date correct yeah, yeah. I mean any of this shit time. is like if if you go to a bar or something and someone we talked about this recently if you reject somebody most of the time the people will be like oh okay whatever you know da 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 but every once in a while you'll get that douchebag who gets angry and stalking, a and stalking. I've is had, I have had. They can't, has they can't take well, no, and they've decided that you, you know, you're going to be there. I've, I've had a fucking. St- I've had both female and male stalkers, which are always fun. So it's, it's definitely you. Out of all of us, uh, very few people know my address. Very few people know where I live. Um, I go by my first name, but I don't. There, the, the circle of people who actually know anything about me is small. But yeah. even that's not 100%. No. It's never 100%. And I yeah. think what's really important is that we let people know, look, there's support for you, like Kathy was saying, but also know that so this doesn't shock you, that you understand that there's a certain percentage of human beings that are shitty, scared, insecure, psychotic, sociopath, whatever. Some may be violent, some may not be violent, but there is a percentage of humanity that is not going to respond on a rational level. And it's just, whether you're in the kink community, whether you're at a church, I was a preacher, there was plenty of psychos that beat the shit out of their partners in the the church. You know, this is everywhere, and this is part of dealing with humanity, and we just, it, it makes us, it's just that pit of your stomach sick that we're all kind of feeling, that you wish it wasn't that way, but it is. So the solution is to care for yourself. What? My first thought was fire. Fire, <laughs> yes. Um, but it's just, it's really saying if you're going to be a social individual in the world, 
you need to be able to empower yourself. You need to be able to support yourself and know that you are worth having a BDSM relationship. You are worth having play. You are worth having people in your life that you can express your sexuality with. But it also comes with a responsibility that you have to take care of yourself and set a plan for yourself. Don't put your fucking name on your... You don't have to put it on the internet. You don't have to put pictures, even if you're an exhibitionist. Put a picture of your pussy. Don't ever have your face, eyes. Don't put your eyes in one picture and then put your fucking jaw in another picture. Any fucking idiot with Photoshop who's a creeper and has time to stalk is going to put those two pictures together. And or now if they you know. have a dying fine marks like tattoos. There's that just, is a huge thing. Like People seem to forget identifying marks the the running joke is i have identifying marks on every body part so even if i'm blown to pieces my mom can figure out which part was me even your vagina (laughs) pretty close i got that one there (laughs) that's my little girl's (laughs) hoo-ha can i take that home Man, that is you so just went, wrong. You just went sideways on that one. I've been all serious for like four and a half minutes, man. I get twitchy. <laughs> Got to do something inappropriate. But it is empowering. And and, and when in doubt, close the damn computer. It's it's scary. <laughs> it just sucks because I hate what, what Kathy's talking about. And we all get it when that shit just blows up in our face and our whole world feels unstable and we don't know what to do. But the thing is, is it will pass. Take care of yourself. If this was something that happened on FetLife, FetLife support is pretty good at, you know, when people just save your emails. Save all when creepers start to do, male or female, it doesn't matter. When people are stalking or doing inappropriate things in emails, save those emails so you can turn those over to FetLife or the police or whatever you have to do. Save all the information when things are there. Don't just delete it angrily. Save it, archive it, put it away so that way if it continues, you have more avenues to give information to protect yourself with a restraining order, get somebody kicked off FetLife, whatever you need to do. There's stuff that can be done, but don't stop being yourself just know that there's a price to everything that you want to do and preparation and self-love is a price of doing what we do that's what i think oh let's lighten this up a bit let's lighten what this. is the pigs what the what pigs oh my god what i there's love pigs. those things <laughs> what are those okay my dog loves those. Larry. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Lovable Larry who died. Oh. My The closest to a gay boyfriend I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I took care of. He had these pigs, and him and I used to... Oh. Oh. <laughs> See, they're little squeezy dog pigs. It's be like, oh, yeah. They're chew toys? <laughs> You're actually really good with this. I like that I'm holding them by my tits yeah, while I'm saying. I was just saying. <laughs> That's weird. I think, I think we should, and they're just squeaky toys. But I loved, and I kept them. After. Can I? So you guys used to sit around in your boxer shorts in the living room. No, no, no. He was in his boxer shorts. I wore clothes. They said he was almost my gay boyfriend. And I, you would I, each I, take a piggy chew toy. And, and we would talk to each other, be like, "Hey, bitch, how you doing?" And be like, "Hey, man, I'm just thinking about sucking dick." <laughs> Oh my god. I'm a pig, so am I. I was on house arrest. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> what am I gonna do? You okay here, pig. Pig to you. Okay, you guys here. Have your pig. So I just brought him in. Cause I would like to do annoyingly bad rap and just use the pig. <laughs> now Solaris and 
they're playing. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yep, this is this is where our show is gone. Here, let me see them both. Let me show you the best part about them. Because then you turn uh, purple piggy on its on its stomach, and then you take the other one. You go. Oh, they're humping each other. Oh, tell the audience what you're oh, doing. He just, he just like humped. Oh, there. <laughs> That's the pillow talk after it. So, you want to get something to drink? <laughs> that was bitch. Get me a sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, that's wow. that's uh yeah. I like that. Sometimes thing. love is less than nice. You may need some fucking advice right now. Impromptu. <laughs> I just had him there. I didn't I even like, remember that. <laughs> Leave it to Abyss to see the the Piper observant. <laughs> so, Not some fucking bit. advice. Hunter. Hunter. Are you uh you going to handle this one? You want me to read the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, just okay. Hunter says I've been asked to write a paper on vetting. I know from experience how valuable it is to vet and to be vetted and would like to hear you guys uh, what you think about the act of vetting another person, whether they be a potential play partner, DS interest, or even a presenter. Hmm. It's important. I mean, I look at it this way. Credibility in this community is key. You have to be credible. That being said, it is always important to remember that in this community you still have plenty of cattiness backstabbing bullshit hurt feelings and shit talking i mean you need to be able to you're 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 rep, you know you represent yourself in this community by the way you play by the way you act with one another uh respecting each other's boundaries rules and if someone has a history of not doing that it's important for someone to know um, if people ask me like who's a good person to play with I'll go what are your interests and I will and I will say like this person's really good with this this person's really good with this uh, they'll say oh what about this person and I will flat out and I have said I don't know because I've never seen them play I've never seen them do something I will not back that person up because I have never seen what they do it's still important to know I send people to Boogie I send people to Kathy I send people to Unger you know, um, this is all, but I will never recommend someone I don't know and I don't think is a good player. Very true. And I think it's important to realize that vetting does not mean that all your bases are covered and mm. nothing's going to go wrong. Vetting, I guess, just means you're doing your best. You're doing your best to determine if this is one of those crazies we were talking about <laughs> or even if this is somebody who is compatible with me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's only so much that you can do. And, and when you get into the relationship, whichever relationship it is, you still might encounter problems, mm -hmm. right? So in in looking for FetLife stuff, as I do, and having to read so many fucking posts <laughs> on Kinky and Popular, I read post after post after post of, of things having gone wrong and things having gone wrong in, a, in that really bad way where someone within a community is abusive or someone who you know that you think was is really responsible ends up going off with somebody and getting hurt. Mm -hmm. I read so many of, of those posts and I, I have to say that when things go really bad, in my experience, what I have read is that they all have something in common, and that is that this is somebody who does is not well-known in the community and does not want to be well-known in the community. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's... I think we were pretty consistent about talking about in the community. Um, most of our listeners 
are don't have communities where they are. Maybe they have FetLife, and maybe they have, now the Cage is is the new one that we're talking about that, that they'll have that to connect and hopefully start vetting and build uh, like Abyss was saying, where there's accountability and you can give references. But what are you doing? So I want to go more in the sex partner the person that doesn't have um, a community or you can't vet by asking your friend, hey, do you know this person? How, how well do they fuck? Um, but there are <laughs> things that you can... No, because it's true. No, how you, well do they, they fuck? It, well, <laughs> if, you're, if you're... I'm just talking in a side. I'm talking... Uh, if you're talking about pickup player people in the sexual community, um, the sexual community, <laughs> which is like humanity. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm saying there are things you can ask any time you start negotiation with someone and what we mean by negotiation is that is the communication that you're now trying to get information from this person as to what their intentions are if you're not in the community ask them about what they want from the scene and or to describe their scene like what type of scene do you what what type of scene are you thinking and listen to how much they talk about themselves as opposed to including you in that scene when you talk about a sexual, you know, hey, tell me a sexual fantasy. Oh, well, I want to, you know, do this to this guy and, and have him do, you know. If it's all about them, those are things that you look for because you're not going to be the center of interest in that. There's there's a number of ways to vet somebody um, in your conversation with them that gets them divulging information that they might not normally. And that is to see how much they are about themselves as opposed to being into... Uh, the play with you. Does that make sense? Am I not explaining myself? It does. That, But you're talking about what you would find out from someone just by speaking to them. Sure. Right. So there's, But that's your personal vetting of an individual. So true. we have community vetting where it's like, but what I'm saying is, what if you don't have that community? Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of people, I mean, even in communities as big as Los Angeles, there's still a lot of people that cannot come out in the community because of their profession, sure. but yet they want to play with other individuals, and I completely 100% agree with you, Boogie. Like, it depends on how much they're talking about themselves or how much information you feel as if they are hiding from you. Mm, a right. lot of times you can feel it deep down in you, eh, there's, there's just something. something wrong. Well, <laughs> there might be, so just know that moving forward. And there's My uterus says that you're being questionable. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there's questions that you can say like when you start when you're vetting someone uh for play it can be like hey um is it okay if i give my sister uh your cell phone because i want a safe call and then see how they react to that hey you know what i want to meet you in a public place first see how they respond to that hey i want to meet you in front of the police station are you okay with that? I have no problem with that. I have a criminal background, and I have no problem with that, if that makes the person feel comfortable. So there are ways to ask questions that will make somebody who has something to hide uncomfortable, and those are the types of questions you can ask. Did we have something from the chat room? Someone's going to... Seems we don't have a mic because I fucked up. Oh, uh, someone said, Unger, see if they will talk about how we know who to ask at first. Someone. Um, uh, okay, here, here at Threshold, one of the people's uh, people I would suggest talking to would be like your DMs. Multiple DMs that I've known throughout um, have said like that, like they're they're generally they see the way people play. Right. We have to as DMs watch people play. 
we have to stop shit when it goes badly. So a lot of times they get kind of an insider view. And especially if they are involved, if you're going to be a volunteer, especially at a place like uh, Threshold, you're going to you're going to know your your local community, at least to those parties or whatever. And you'll have a good idea who's a safe player and who isn't. But doesn't wait. I, I all of a sudden the second you said that I'm like yes that's very true. But absolutely we don't want to promote that because that's not the DM's job is to be a matchmaker. No, and but to take that responsibility. I mean if if the DM said something along the lines, and I'm just saying what my first response is. You can clean up afterwards. <laughs> if 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 the DM says something like, hey, I'm not giving you a recommendation, but I've never seen a problem with this person or that person, or this person is very active in the community, but. Just I don't know. That just kind of well. No, I wouldn't officially ask a DM as a DM. Can you tell me? But I do know Abyss is a DM. A little bit of vetting. I mean, like okay, I've had in the past where I've had people come up to me and say, especially if they're new people, and you know that there are people who are willing to talk to them about certain things. I have no problem sending them to like Ms. D who is oh, known in the community, who is willing, and Miss D will make recommendations and say, this person's a safe player, this person is whatever, on slow parties or whatever, and if I'm not doing anything else, I have, I have recommended people to you as a DM. I have had other DMs say, this is a really good person, I trust them, I would play with them. I've also had people go, as a DM, go, have you, I'm, I'm interested in this person, have you ever seen them play? Right. And I can say, you know what, I personally have not. Right. But you could talk to this person. I know they speak to them or wh- or hang out with I them. I just didn't want to start a whole flood of people all of a sudden going, wow, I'm going to come to this place threshold and the DMs are going to tell me who I should play with. No, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying that as like a pickup thing. But I mean, Unger, would you agree that like if someone asked if it's a safe player when you're DMing that you would say yes or no? Like, or I don't know. Or I don't know. He just puts his head down. <laughs> no. You would? Yes. Yeah. I can't hear you, Unger. If you're going to talk, you have to come over here and talk. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's a show. It's one of those <laughs> talking things. To Kathy, talking to Kathy's mic. Racka, racka, racka. Yeah. Um, All the way. Arr. Okay. Yeah. Generally, if if there are people that I know that are playing, I can I, I'll point them out to them. I may not introduce them, mm-hmm. or if they if they ask to be introduced, I will. If it's someone I'm comfortable doing that with, but it's got to be someone I'm very comfortable with saying. Yeah. I mean, I've had it where I've had another DM come up to me and say, "This is a new person. I know you're really good with this. Would you be willing to talk to them?" Yeah, I get the same thing. So that's that's just kind of part of our job. Yeah. I mean, we're not playing matchmakers, but it is something I'm not going to steer someone as a DM. If I personally feel that this person is incredibly unsafe and I am generally watching their scenes 24-7 because I don't trust them, I'm not going to send a new person to them. Right. Yeah, sometimes that's one of the hard parts is when someone asks about a certain person and you wouldn't recommend them. Mm-hmm. That becomes a little more uh, well, I don't, tricky. <laughs> yeah, well, I generally say, you know what, I... I don't play with this person or I haven't played with this person or whatever you kind of just say like look um, I personally well I'm actually just kind of a bitch um, <laughs> I just say you know what I, I don't play with them or wouldn't that's what I've had to do in the past too is just I wouldn't yeah well what I'm saying is that now puts responsibility on you guys to to kind of be judging but that is jury. also the that's a responsibility okay I don't, I don't say it's bad and I, and I will say like and I will generally say with people like this is not thresholds uh, responsibility I will say that is my personal opinion right. And I think Solaris has something to say, right? 
Well, because Creepy decided to, like, <laughs> talk in my ear. He was kind of talking about uh, the munches, the different munches that we have, and going to munches and being able to kind of vet people through that because you're able to see them in a different environment. You're able to see them in an environment other than a dungeon. Um, and you're able to talk to, all, depending upon the munch, like the Sherman Oaks munch is huge. You're able to talk to 60 people in one night in order to, to kind of ask around. But... I know in the past from experience that sometimes vetting you, you're still walking a fine line because there are some individuals in the scene who uh, maybe I feel are not necessarily the best players and I wouldn't vet for them, but there's a lot of other people out there that would. So yeah, I think if you say that though, you kind of cover your ass. That's true. I think that ultimately when it comes to vetting, you have to approach it from several that you can't just do one thing and think you're covered. I think that to be successful when you're trying to vet somebody going to manches, asking different people, asking specifically people who, whom you trust and you respect um, talking to them, as Boogie said, I think you have to have a several-pronged uh, approach to this because I don't think that you're going to have any success in vetting by just choosing one of these avenues and thinking, I got my bases covered. And when in doubt, watch them play. Yeah, that's another way you got to watch if them play. If you have that opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. you got to talk to and people who they played with. You, you, you've you got to do some some major legwork if, you're gonna, if you really want to vet somebody. <laughs> if you want to be safe, if you want to have a risk, I mean, risk-aware consensual kink. <laughs> or but wing it. Or just <laughs> wing it. Or, 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 Fuck go, it. or go after the guy who teach orientation. Oh, no. that's hey, hey, <laughs> that is the best advice you possibly could ever give. Because I happen to teach orientation hey. at Threshold, so obviously I'm a safe. I tell people all the time, in my even in my vulture fucking predator mode, I will say, you can't trust anyone. You can't trust me. I have a sexual agenda for you. I'm telling you right now. If I find you attractive, I find you attractive. I want to play with you. I want to have sex with you. I tell strangers this all the time. <laughs> You're going to touch them with two fingers? I'm going to touch them with two <laughs> fingers. Oh, see, that's a SeaWorld reference. See? <laughs> so, I, you know, that's... That was just me soapboxing uh. about how awesome I am, and I just tell people I'm going to violate them, and then they play with me anyway. And then he's also pro-doming, ladies. Ooh, pro-doming. pro-doming. 45 cents and a can of beans. I'll take it. No <laughs> beans. No, no. Wow. Ah, hey, that was one time. There's somebody very see, luscious lying on the table. Wait a minute. We have moved so Wait, wait. We have the jingle. You've been naughty. Pull off your pants and learn your fate from the wizard of chance, you slut. <laughs> Abyss. Well, you're just sitting there. <laughs> Get across the room. You got a you got an attractive lady here pulling down her pants. She's pulling down her pants. Oh, and it's a very cute ruffle butt. Thank you. All right, so uh, so it's Wizard Chance coming to our end of the show, and uh, we have so many people in this room tonight, which is off. First off, you guys. I didn't even hit the clap button. That was actually really people clapping. We had like 40 people in here. Ah, look at that. So uh, this is the show, and I said, okay, who wants to get a beating? And Creepy offered up his girl. (laughs) He said, her. And I said, good, good. Microphones and buttocks to spank. You're a scrotum and a genitalia. What? Scholar and a gentleman. It's a little play play on words that I did here. So anyway... Could you please, whatever name you feel comfortable giving, what is your name? Uh, barely. Barely. Barely legal? Yes. <laughs> okay, Barely, you have agreed to uh, ask the Wizard of Chance. So lean back towards that mic. Okay. Say hello. 
Hello. Okay, good. <laughs> now then, you need to say, Wizard of Chance, what would you like me to receive? And then you pick numbers one through four, and the Wizard of Chance will let you know what you are to receive. Ask your question. All right. Wizard of Chance, what would you like me to receive? Three. You shall receive strikes with a flogger. Flogger it is. Abyss now has the leather moppy super giant flogger, but man, it makes a great sound. I'm like, I'm a little worried about smacking like wires and stuff. <laughs> what? So. All right, Peter, get her good. Get her good. Oh, get it. Look at that. Oh, look at the way her ass goes. <laughs> oh, how many am I doing, by the way? Like a hundred. I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, wait a minute. Fucking Abyss, can you move over? No. Let her. You're blocking plug. my view. It's not all about you. <laughs> Don't don't take out the equipment. <laughs> That's good. Abyss is good at this. Oh, I love that sound. <laughs> I love that sound. Why why is barely smiling so much? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> it's a big song. Maybe she's enjoying herself. <laughs> Let me do the one good one. You got a good one. All right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Had a whiff in there. Now yeah, down. Yeah, just give it a little rub. So yeah, just give it a little rubs there. Yeah, and smack it. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry. Am I to topping the scene from the side? You kind of oh, yes. top it from the side. <laughs> All right, give her one more good whap. So right, we can ready? end our show with cheers ready? and mayhem. Are you guys ready? Yeah! Yeah! One good whap! Woo! Yeah! That is our show. Thank you, Threshold, for providing this perverted playground for us to record in. If you are in Los Angeles or surrounding areas, visit Threshold.org and find out about joining their kinky family. Thank you to all our guests and hosts and audience and <laughs> monitors and to our lovely Abyss. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. To Boogie. Yeah. <laughs> to Kathy. <laughs> And to everyone else in the studio. Oh, and to, to Lady Solaris. Yeah! If you have questions, comments, or ideas, please email us at pervertedpodcasts at gmail.com and visit pervertedpodcast.com. And finally, my kinky little kinksters of kinky kinkiness. <laughs> As you roll out into this world, this great, big, wonderful, kinky world, and you have people that are shitting on you for being who you are, just remember that we are here at Perverted Podcast. On your team, supporting you here every goddamn week. Please enjoy the naughty and continue to be your damn kinky selves. We are out of here! Can we keep Solaris? <laughs>